I believe that what we do in the dark, it comes out in the light. And if you didn't do much in the dark, it doesn't shine very bright. So I teach people how to do the right work in the dark so they can shine where they want to in the light and they don't have that fear of someone poking holes or they have the fear of, you know, what if somebody outs me? It's like you can shift into that person where like you have that weird confidence, you execute like crazy, you got a weird flow and you do things at a crazy level. And people go, how do you do that? Like, right. are you superhuman? No, it's just, it's who I am. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. And doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, mindful all of this. the stuff. <laughs> so if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle. And I'm Eddie. And this is episode number 99, almost to 100. We've got a special guest today. He's about to be an author. He is the shift man, all shift, not shit, but shift. Really great mindset work this guy does. We've been big fans for a while. And Anthony Trucks was on episode number 30, right when the pandemic started, and we thought it'd be an amazing thing to bring him back. And talk about post-pandemic and pivots and just all things mindset that you've got going on, because uh, you're doing a lot right now, sir. So everybody, welcome Anthony Trucks. And we're working hey. on hey. <laughs> we're working on oh, me buttons. <laughs> <laughs> He's got <Yeah>. it. <laughs> I hey, promise you that she she always likes to say shit when she's like. I think she's just an excuse to say a bad word. Leave me alone. Hey, we do women and poop. It's a good conversation I want to talk about. I, like my wife, she goes to the bathroom. I go, hey, you getting that doo-doo out there, girl? Like, I she hates it. Oh, my <laughs> God, that's it. disgusting. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> that <laughs> the word. Poop it in there? Yeah, you can get that doo-doo out, girl. Get it. Oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> Way to kick this off. That's my what in the world right there. Anthony uh, Trucks feeling really comfortable. Welcome back. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm almost always comfortable. I, uh, <laughs> I lift my skin, man. I enjoy my skin, so it's all good in the hood. Love it. Love it. Okay. Let's kick this off. I hear you have a what in the world to share with us. Yeah. You ready? Here it goes. Yeah. So I was, I was going through the, the, the interwebs of craziness. That thing is a, it's a cesspool of weird. And anyway, so there's this video pops up of this girl's interview. I don't know where it's taking place, but it's like, a, you know, a nice interview. There's like multiple people there. And she's talking about the story of, she's like, well, when I'm dating a guy, you know, when he, he starts buying me things and doing this stuff, whatever it may be, you know, just because we're not dating no more doesn't mean you get to just rip the, the pedestal off underneath me, uh, you know, because I've been accustomed to this lifestyle now. So if you take my stuff, I'm going to come break your stuff. Like, it is really weird oh, dynamic oh my God. of her assumption that it's weird. And there's guys that are like, wait, so you're telling me, he's like, but you realize that's like a, if you're dating me, that's what happens. If you're not dating me, you don't get that. Well, then we want girls with you just for your stuff. And in my head, I'm like, that's why you're with him right now, though. I'm confused. That's exactly what's, it's just what's weird. So there's a world of people that believe that their duty and their beauty, their, I guess, strength in the world is they're just good looking. And because of that, you have to pay for their stuff. And how dare you consider taking it away because they're not dating no more. So that's my what in the world. Uh, you know what? I think I understand her. Uh, I'm just what? I'm just joking. <laughs> I, I understand mean... what brain's thinking. I don't understand how it's, it's sanity, but it'd be what it be. Well, 
speaking of well, can uh, we clarify yeah. though that's not long-term dating because i was at first i was like yeah that makes sense though like you bring someone in you're dating someone they come and live in your house you're together right. like five six years you know like I understand it. Let's say that she says, you know, I helped you build this business. Like, this is my lifestyle, too. You said, yeah, it's not anything like that, though. Not even close. This chick is just crazy. <laughs> and, weird, and, and I'm pretty sure when you look in her eyes, she like completely believes what she's saying. She's like, this is right. Oh, this 100%. is. The, yeah, this is yeah. my word. Right. Oh my God. I, w- I would venture to believe full, full, 100 percent believes it. it means to the point where she's like she's battling. She's arguing back and she had me for a moment like, am I tripping? <laughs> no, no, no. Like you get to that point. Like, wait, wait, wait. What? That is that is that real? No, 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 no. So, you yeah, know, woman was tripping. Oh, oh my, my God. Goodness. So I do have one in the world. I want, uh, speaking of uh, a cesspool of weirdness, I go on social media. Right. And. All of a sudden, I see this nude man in the middle of the street. Okay. Oh. And, and he's like, yes. And he pulls the front bumper. end of a car, the bumper off the car. And one, mm. I was like, oh my, that is how kind of. And the car is moving, by the right. way. It's not like yeah. it's it's parked. It's moving. He rips it off. Mm-hmm. He's in oncoming traffic. Right. So I think he's an Avenger that gone wild. Right. <laughs> he lays down like, like it's a hundred some degrees <laughs> yeah. outside. He's laying down on the ground, butt naked. I mean, butt naked. Why does that? How come I'm not in? in, in I want to film something like that. That's, that's drugs. That's, honey. That's <laughs> no, drugs. but I'm how, my what in the world is? How come I don't see crazy stuff like that all the time? That's exciting. I, I feel I like I do. I, yeah, I see lots <laughs> of crazy like, I don't stuff. See that. Yeah, I see that yeah. all the time. I went to downtown LA last night, I, or yesterday. I saw a bunch of that stuff. Yeah, well, that would well, be yeah. a nice little, that would be a highlight of my day. I, I would be talking about that'd be coffee ta- chat talk, right? It just like, happens so fast though that most times I can't record it though. Yeah, yeah, I have many run-ins. I saw that and I was like, I don't oh, understand God. the world. Like, what? What? It's crazy. Yeah, I was watching this video this morning of like this. It was scary to me. I'm like, I'm gonna teach my daughter how to use a gun for sure. But like, it's just like <laughs> collection of of women like filming men like approach them publicly in weird ways, like following them places, like just old guys, like doing weird, like winky faces, tongue outs, like hella odd. And I'm like, then one video, it's this woman who's like, I, I ran home and slammed the door and her ring camera recorded some dude peeking in like her sliding door and everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, my daughter's going to be like having like guns around the house. I'm going to teach her to do it. Just <laughs> we went, I think it's a must though. We went actually last Father's Day we took the kids to the gun range and we taught them all yeah. how to all three of yeah. our daughters we taught them how to shoot so one yeah. of them for sure yeah. she will definitely protect herself the other two maybe a little questionable they need more practice well and i'll yeah. say this like we watched black widow and i think i'm doing parenting all wrong i should have sent them to russia for that training russia, yeah. bro yeah <laughs> Because the whole I mean, like ovary removal thing, but yeah, yeah I know. Besides that, <laughs> besides that I, it was it was a good movie. I watched it too. Man. I, I watched and somebody. That, that yeah, they, this girl she fell from like six floors and landed on her feet. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, they trained her to do that. <laughs> but that's female directors right there, right? The female sure. directors like said, "You're gonna fight, damn it!" And so yesterday, though, we were with our youngest, and she was talking about how good the movie was, and she was like, "That's a female director's mom, you know? They went hard." It did go. I hard. said, it "I'm is. not condoning what happened, but wouldn't it be pretty badass if you were like a Russian spy slash uh, what is the killer? Yeah, assassin. Assassin." Mm-hmm. And she goes, "I'm yeah. not gonna lie, that's pretty dope." I was like, yeah. "I have sh- done this wrong. Like, I literally said what you just said." We didn't need you in gymnastics. We needed you to be a trained assassin. Like, that's what yeah. we did wrong. And she goes, yeah, I would agree. <laughs> yeah, should have done it. 
in my head, I tell my wife all the time, because I grew up in foster care and weirdness, right? I'm like, I would have been a phenomenal spy. It's like, <laughs> speak and I'm in some kind of shape. And I'm like, okay, like, I don't know how much that would have been, but like, dude, I had like, this guy grew up and was given away. And then like, he started killing the entire world. Like, that'd have been dope. Like, you know, anyways, <laughs> but only the people who deserve to die, not just random people, the people who like, you know, the pedophiles yeah. and weird ones, those people, they got to go. And no one no would even miss him. No one would no. miss him. And that'd be some guy in the shadow of the night. <laughs> Stepping back into the shadows. Yeah. Oh <laughs> my like gosh. Baseboards with like 17 passports from countries that wouldn't allow me in anyways. It'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Well, I feel like we could go all day about this wet in the world, but let's get to business. So third episode <laughs> 30, it was definitely very informative, but episode 30, Anthony Trucks shared so much goodness on just a lot of the things that you coach on. Can we start there? We were talking about the pandemic. We were talking about, you know, the perspective shifts that you want people to have. And right around that time, which was like, I think, March, April-ish, the pandemic was hitting. And it was interesting to see how people were either like completely stifled or some people were ready to pivot. Some people were excited for this new world, new change, like what's going to happen Talk to the yeah. people about what you saw, what you learned, how you pivoted. It's been a crazy year, so catch us up. Yeah, it's been a crazy year. Man, I don't know, man. What did I do? You know what I did? I did what everybody else did. I, I sat there like, uh, like, no, nah, I was thinking, alas, this isn't real for a while. Because that's what the normal thing is like, this right. isn't real. And But then all of a sudden, I started like going to Target and found myself with like three shopping carts full of stuff. And I'm like, I'm going to go. <laughs> I bought a whole bunch of bullets. I still have like 500 rounds. I'm like, what if like you know, people start breaking in my house? Like, I'm going to shoot them all. So <laughs> We did that too. Was, uh, Wait, do wait. It, how many rounds did you start with? You said, I still have 500. <laughs> like, did you start with 1,000? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I had, I had like, I think I already had some like home protected rounds, the ones that don't go through walls or whatever it was. But no, I still have that batch. I haven't used any of those. And uh, <laughs> range isn't open. So there's no, I was not like outside shooting my gun in the air like it was some <laughs> herd movie. No, no, no. It was, it was it. But then I think when it all started getting to the point of realizing what's turning into, I, I'm usually in touch with a lot of different points of contact, whether it's with like speakers, bureaus and understanding that or my agent or um, the world of the online space and kind of how live events go. I just, I have a bunch of weird groups I run in. And so I get a chance to almost see a little bit like a, a glimpse of what could be the future. And so what I noticed was, well, this isn't slowing down. Like none of it was slowing. It was speeding up. So I'm like, if it's all speeding up in this direction, I don't want to be the one that, that wakes up and goes, oh man, I missed the boat because I wasn't running. And I couldn't go on stages. So I was like, I got to re-divert the energy somewhere. And a lot of people were like, oh, it's a time to sit down and chill. And it was, it was time to sit down and chill. And here's what I realized. It was a good moment for those who were behind the ball to catch up. But I don't think everybody did that. I think a lot of people were like, well, if nobody else is moving, I'm good. I'm going to hang out right here because I'm not losing ground. But I was like, damn, well, I could gain some ground. So what I did is I sat back and said, well, what are the things that no one else knows right now? And it was like that, uh, like I'd been on the online world for a while. Although I was a speaker, right? I've been in the online world. I've been doing some coaching. So I hadn't really fully fleshed out that kind of structure. But I was like, what if I just dig in? So like, I remember getting in the beginning and I felt like a superhero because no one knew how to like how do you make somebody else in Zoom be able to share their screen? Like, let me show you. <laughs> like, I'm, you know, because I had been using Zoom for a while. It's so, like, I took advantage of the fact that I was ahead of the game. So what I did is I built this studio. I was like, well, if no one's going to be at in places, I don't want to be the guy that looks at everybody else. I'm going to just build the studio out real quick so I can do virtuals because people still want their people to be talked to. So I did the studio thing. 
I started developing more of like the team for like the ads and the online traffic because I want to make sure I'm driving traffic to the business without being predicated on what it was previously, which was word of mouth, some social content, but stages were a big thing. Every time I go to a speech, I would usually, you know, add a good, you know, 400 to 4,000 new people on, on the, the social. And on top of that, that always can turn into some kind of business. I'm like, and I was doing at least a speech a month. So I'm like, we're moving, real big deal. But that shut down. I'm like, well, I can't rely upon that. What do I do? So I just, I was proactive and looking at things, but also here's the thing is as I took a step, I didn't take it without understanding what that piece was. So I talked to a lot of people who had already been doing that before the thing shut down. Because mm. like when it shuts down, there's people that have already been doing the thing you're trying to do, right? My guy like Brandon Bouchard, like he's been doing this for years. He, he, he's not stressing out. You know, it may yeah. change the events, escape a little bit, but the online, he's got it. So I'm like, right, I'm about to do this thing. Hey, B, what do I do here, right? So just ask questions of people and then do exactly what they told me to do. Yeah, I'm not trying to change a cookie recipe, man. Do exactly what they tell you to do. And then you start doing it. And then what happens is the more you lean in and start flowing, you create your own momentum. And that momentum, it turned into more revenue in 2020 than I had in any other year of the business because I'd spent more time in an area when, one, I was delving in and I already built a good rapport with the online world because of my in-person stuff, right? Social proof of being on stages. But two, because everybody else was chilling. Most people chilled for a bit. They sat back, they were hanging out, watching the world, sitting in their house, getting stressed out. Totally cool. I was like, well, I love my family. So it's easy to sit here and hang with them. Like, we're cool. So like, I'm going to drive you to school in the morning. That means I can get up earlier and I'm going to have that half hour break and whatever. And I'm going to pick you up. I can just sit in the studio and do work, but I'm getting more work done. Yeah. So I got more done and it, it turned into something cool, man. So at this point now, it's funny as we're, we're kind of, oh, also I did this. I didn't say no to a podcast. Mm. I committed to any time. I didn't tell the world that though. But I, anytime anybody <laughs> asked me, I'm like, I got you. Let's do it. I was doing at one point, I think I did like 40 podcasts in a week. They weren't all an hour, but it was just, I'm talking days of just 10 hours straight. I felt like one was for sure nine hours of podcast straight. Mm. Like, just, oh my goodness. It was a lot, right? But here's the thing as the world opened up, because I've been seen by so many people in so many walks of life, we now have more virtual events rolling. We have, we're, we're booked up for the live events and rock. And like August, September, and October are packed for me mm. for speech, virtual, in person. There's somewhere I'm, I'm going to a speech, doing a speech for 25K. And then I'm doing a virtual the morning of in my hotel room for that. So just being there and do it like I'm talking, it's, we're killing it. It's good. Yeah, so this amazing. is all because. I leaned into the podcast. I built the studio out because people wanted to have like me on the podcast. So it all worked out. And then I was really big on building out the coaching structure. So we have, I've got executives that, are, that I'm working with now. We have companies we're working with now, individuals. So it builds and it builds and it builds. And so I use it as a really good springboard. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Love that. I, you know, I love that. You know, and it's interesting because, you know, when we talked, you were like formulating. And even then, I don't know if you remember this, but you said you, you were refraining from like aspirational messages at that time because mm -hmm. people weren't in an in a aspirational mood. Mm -hmm. And it, it sounded like at that point in time, you were like crafting, like, what should I be saying to people? What do people need at that moment? And it sounds like that worked out. So that's a beautiful thing. So what did yeah, they yeah. need, Mr. <laughs> Trucks? What, what did you ooh, find ooh. that, yeah. you know, people needed you to teach them at that time? Yeah, well, the people you're best suited to serve are those who are where you used to be. And so if you can frame up that you were where they are now, then it's like, oh, it's easy. So for me, it's like people that wanted to get on and do the speaking and they wanted to do the coaching programs. Like this was pretty straightforward. So a lot of my clients like, give me the, in, the behind the scenes of how to get this all set up. Because the easy low hanging fruit for most people is to do speeches. 
I don't got to do any tech. I just got to tell my world what my story is, get them to come book me and come do my thing, right? Or tell them I'm a coach on social media and then go out to a couple of schools and get some shots of me doing it so it's easier to get coaching clients. So I started teaching people what I'd been doing, which is how do you create a framework for your coaching process and the, the tech behind the scenes, we'll call it, and just get those things built up. And then what ended up happening was, it's interesting, I thought, it's funny, I thought no one wanted aspirational stuff. And the, as much as people, I didn't think they wanted to buy it, they needed it though. Mm-hmm. They actually needed it. Because that the reason a lot of people were sitting stagnant was because they didn't feel adequate. Because now here's what I noticed. The entire world was on the same playing field. It wasn't where you had a live event and a retreat and you got some television stuff and everybody was online. Everybody. Which means that if you were the kid, like, you know, the second grader on the playground and all of a sudden the sixth graders playground got shut down, the sixth graders started hanging out with the second graders in the same playground. So now you had all the vets, everybody coming back to the online, they were all in there. So most people were like, damn, how do I compete with that person? Right? So it was actually, it's like this closing of like my capabilities and my opportunities in their heart when the reality was, you know of that person, your ideal client usually doesn't though. Mm -hmm. So to be quite honest, the, the conversation being had, they may watch a video and dislike that person. But if you're lined up right next to them, you're good. But the reality is most people felt so bad, they removed themselves from the situation. So no one saw them, right? So I did find that over time, like the work I do from the personal human standpoint, that actually became more the work I did because when you start building and working on that part of it, the way that I do with my methods, it inherently has an action portion of it. So you're doing things. And in the doing of things, they were getting that feedback that they needed, which was, oh, I actually am pretty good. I'm dope. I can do great things. So they start taking more actions, doing more videos, build. And so I had clients that were, one of my clients, Natasha, literally launched, and I might've said this last time, but she launched this program that was teaching people how to go online with their physical therapy business. And she made in four weeks, $95,000. Mm. off a program that I had to talk her into doing. I'm like, you could do it. No, I don't think I could do it. Like, you could do it. I'm telling you, you could do it, right? Uh, one of my other clients, Frank, this dude, we were working together in his thing and he'd already sold a million dollar business for a million dollars. It was going to this, this whole coaching thing and he had this inherent thought of like, I don't, it might've been an accident. I don't know if I can do that again. So we worked through the human part of him. He sent me a message maybe two, three days ago, something like that. And it says in there, A, want to show you, I had my head down working 2020. At this point from our coaching, we stopped coaching a while ago, but he kept on going. But he's like, I can attribute this to you. I've now made $1,056,000 since we started. And on a whole new online business, right? And so the reality is, and he's got different coaches past me that helped him get to that. I'm not going to sit here and be like, I was responsible. Not, but but the opening of the gate to get him to run was the human stuff we worked on, right? Mm -hmm. So I did find after a while that I probably was kind of wrong that people, I, I didn't think they were buying the aspirational because it was all freak out mode, mm-hmm. but they actually didn't need and want that. Because once they started getting the tools, the issue wasn't the tools. It wasn't like they needed more tools. They still weren't doing it. Like, why aren't we doing it? Well, because this person is doing that and everybody knows them. Yeah. And, but what if I go live and my competitor sees me and, and they say something about something I said wrong and then I got to feel bad because then, you know, they make me look bad. But what are you talking about, right? Yeah. So this this became the, the conversation internally. So I just help people kind of change the conversation inside. Yeah. Like and you know what's great about that? And I just hope that like the audience captured that because even then people didn't know what to do. And even now people don't know what to do. And I, I like how you kind of, I, I like to think of it like you had a hypothesis. And even in that po- hypothesis, when you went to go like prove it out and, and you went into action, you were still aware of like, oh, wow, I may not be right about this. I may need to yeah. modify and change and adjust 
based mm-hmm. on my hypothesis and create a whole new one based on what I'm seeing and hearing. And I think as we think about the rest of 2021 and then 2022, like where people go, I think that that action and being in, in action is so important so that you can learn about like, are your assumptions correct? Right. So I think it's important to point out Anthony Trucks, you know, works with coaches like us. You work with speakers that do what, you know, they're trying to aspire to do what you said. Like you said, I've, I'm working with people who I've done where they're trying to go. Right. And we work with small business owners that are just trying to take this idea or this passion or this talent and kind of ship it out into the world, you know, through processes. You're doing the same thing. It's just to a different client. Right. But I hear so much of the same stuff, you know, like, what if my competitors see, you know, I'm not ready for this. What if it's not right? What if I say something wrong or do something wrong? And I hope that the audience gets that because regardless of what level you're at, I'm sure that there are people above, let's say, Brendan Bouchard who are trying to do new and different things. I'm sure you're trying to do new and different things. I think it's important to point out anytime you're ready to go to that next level or take that next step. There's always that doubt. There's always that insecurity. There's always that unsure, like, oh, I don't know if people are going to come for me if I'm ready for this. All of those doubts, right? And have you had those in anything that you've been doing recently? Because you are about to be a published author. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I have a first book that was self-published. Those are natural things, though. I think at this point, I probably desire those. It's a weird... Like yeah. I can taste discomfort. I like the, I like the flavor. It sounds odd, but I, I think football taught us this because there's moments you go in these games against these people and it's like, I, I'm not going to do well, but like, I'm not going to die. So let's just go see what we can do, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, it is like, I'll be transparent 100%. Listen, so I have a publicist we work with right now. It's great that we're going to touch on this because I'm a human. I'm tell all, all the good goods. So I have a list of individuals that have been, I've been compiling of like, hey, when it comes time for the book, like, let me know. And I'm like, great, I put them on a list. It's probably like, I want to say like 44 people they're all good humans that have some audiences. Like when it comes time, let me know. Give me the book. We'll, we'll share it. So my publicist, she's like, I need you to make me a list of all these people. Now, that's there's there's two lists I have. It's like a, um, a list one and list two. So list one is a list of all the people that I, I know that have all... like It's interesting. They've expressed they'll help me. It's the Brennan Burchard, the Russells, the Trent Shelton, the Lewis Howes. They'll all be like, hey, when it comes time, let me know. They're all on list one. List two is the one of everybody else that like that I've been on their podcast, hanging out, talking, not in this mastermind I'm with. That list was easy to make in contact. For some reason, I have found myself sitting here going, but what if one of them doesn't like the book? Mm. What, if, you know, what if they're like, mm. I, so I haven't even filled out the list. This is to this very moment, just so you're aware. Um, I'm hanging out with them. I'm going out on Thursday to be, I, I did the Own Your Future Challenge with Dean and, and Tony. I'm going to be on that Thursday. So I'll be out in person with them. I'm actually going to like, I'm getting over my stupid little weird internal hump. I'm just going to be like, hey guys, I got books. I'm hacking books. Take one. Like, I'm going to do all that. But no, it's, it's been this weird internal. So to be the position I'm in, like, I do have apprehension around certain things because I have these same human thoughts. However, I enjoy the position of it because I know I'll navigate it, right? This hasn't been going on forever. It's just like last week, I got to make the list and I've been so we're like three days behind from making the list. It's not like I'm sitting here like, it's been two months and I don't know. You know we're not doing all that right, right now. Right. But it's like, it's one of those things I can easily push off. But yeah, the thing is, once you get over those humps, though, here's what I do know logically. Like, I'm not going to die if they say no. Right. If no one likes the book, that's okay. It's a blip in the radar for like the long run. And to be quite honest, they're not supposed to have the book. I didn't write it for them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the the idea is like, we get these conversations, but I don't think we go to the point of like, why are you tripping though? Like you're in your own head for no reason whatsoever. Right. So when I go and look at the logic part of my brain, the non-emotional 
non, you know, careening train down the, the fear of failure track, it's like, oh, you're, you're tripping, man. There's nothing really to be scared of. And so for me, like, yeah, that is, I'm a human. I deal with it, but I have a different way of overcoming it. And a lot of it boils down to the identity portion, right? Because this is one of the things that for me is I don't yet have an identity as an author, mm. right? I have an identity as a speaker, coach, bro, put me in. Well, I have no problem. Throw me on the stage right this very second. I got it, right? Put me on a football field. I run around, do my thing. I can train, I can coach. But stepping into the author realm, that's where I'm like, ooh, right? So that is because I haven't done the author things. It hasn't been published, hasn't been put out. But after time, I'm going to get there. Even if the first book bombs, right? Even yeah. if it bombs, I still have the ownership of that. So the next stage is easier and easier. But I'm aware that the reason I feel this way is because I'm developing the identity of the author within mm-hmm. me. Build mm-hmm. multiple identities. So that's where that kind of emotional thing comes from. But it applies to anybody stepping into something new like you just said. Yeah. I don't care how much success you've had in some area. When you enter a new space, you don't have yet a crafted or structured identity there. You will feel that emotion. And the only way to get what you want, like that, I want to feel like I'm that person, is to lean heavily towards the stuff you're not comfortable with. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it, what's great about that, is, and I, I'm glad you shared that because I think when people hear that, I think it gives them a little bit of comfort and understanding, oh, I'm supposed to feel like mm-hmm. this, right? Like yeah. this new thing is supposed to make me uncomfortable. It's not a sign telling me I shouldn't do it, right. which people conveniently lean into. I they think say, people mess up oh. the signs. Yeah, they go, oh, because I feel this way, it means I shouldn't be doing right. it, right? And it, because mm-hmm. I think we've gotten to a place where, and I don't think we've gotten to a place, I think we've always been to a place where we say comfort is good and discomfort means bad, right? And so I should I should fight or flight from it. But mm-hmm. what you're saying, I think it's really great for people to, to capture is, like, I feel that discomfort, but I know how to navigate it. I am aware of where it's coming from. I'm aware of why it's there in the first place. It's also like yeah. a handbook to life, though, right? Yeah. Like That is literally the answer to pursuing anything that, that you haven't done before. And so I think we need to give ourselves grace in knowing that, oh, it's probably going to come up that I feel like I'm an imposter. Right. I feel like I don't belong. I feel like this is unfamiliar because this shit is unfamiliar, right? (laughs) Right. And so until you actually do it, then if you don't actually do it, you won't ever be able to gain that confidence that you'll need to feel like an actual author. That happens in every new step, I think, that you try to achieve in your life. Mm. And so I think that that's the rule book right there is like, it's normal for you to feel that way. But yeah, do you stay stuck or do you push through and work on the identity shift, I think, which is exactly what you're talking about. So you have to be the author. You got to get familiar with the author title, own that new identity. And then it's just like stepping on the stage or the football, you know, field. Now it's second nature. So talk to us, Anthony, about the book. What, you know, you said maybe the Dean Graziosi's or the Tony Robbins in the world they're not really your ideal readers anyway. So if they don't like the book, it doesn't matter. I think that's freeing in itself, right? Right, Because we we want everyone's approval, but the reality is you didn't write it for them, right? So who did you write it for and what can people get from it? Because we're going to be giving away some books today on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I wrote it for everybody, man. In fact, my editor had me take this out and I wish I would have put it in. But at one point I wrote in the book and it says, I am not a scientific dude. I'm a regular guy with a regular desire to help people. And this is going to be written just from a regular guy's perspective. We're not going to go science-y. We're not going to go, but like I literally said that. She's like, oh, you should take that out because it makes you seem like you're not like credible. Right. Like it ain't about it ain't about that. Like if you read the book, you get into it, like you understand I'm credible. 
But the funny thing was like, I, I wanted people to realize this isn't supposed to come from like a Harvard, Stanford medical researcher. Because mm-hmm. I, I read those books and they are, for me, hard to consume. Like right. I got textbooks that, that are in college that are like, I, I need a dictionary legitimately just to read it. So like for me, I wrote the book for the person that's like, I am at a point in my life where I've done the things and tried and struggled and faltered and failed. And I can't figure out what the blockage is. Right. It's it's not for the 20 something who is like, you know, I'm I'm venturing into life. It'll help that person 100 percent But sometimes that person's not open to the fact that they're not perfect yet. Right. You know, they're still yeah. invincible. Yeah. This is for that person that's gone. I call it the sophomore season of life. We did the mm-hmm. freshman year, it was all fresh and new. Now I'm like, oh damn, I get what college is really about. Not time to settle in, right? And so it's for that person that's like, okay, I've I've read the books and I've done some of the work, I've gone to the, the you know, seminars and I've done that stuff. And now it's like, I got the info, but why is this stuff not coming to pass? Why, why have I invested and I got the return? So the book is for that person trying to figure it out. And this is where we dive into the human of you. And I want people to grasp that it's not one of those books where it's like, you're broken, there's something wrong with you and you got to fix it. It has nothing to do with that. Because the thing that's cool about identity is it's, it's really something that you set based on the dream that you have, right? For some people, like I got a best friend, his dream has, has already been met for life for the most part. He has a job, pays his bills. He gets 401k. Like he said, this book isn't for him either because he's good where he's at. And I love that he's good where he's at. He's happy and peaceful. It's for the person that says, I've been desiring more. I've been fighting for more, but I don't have more yet. And when I look in the mirror, I realize that there's things that we just talked about that hang me up. And it shows up in excuses. It shows up in justifications, not taking blame. It shows up in and feeling apprehensive to step into a new space to try something new because of what will people think and how will people yeah. view me? It's just all those little things. So it's written for the person that wants to shift into that person that is at that level of like internal, like, you know, that feeling when you know you've done the work. And if someone was to ask you questions, you could fire off like, how dare you know how dope I am? Like, <laughs> but it's in you. And, and I think we call it confidence, right? It's yeah. that it's like, it's, it's what I think it's where confidence, confidence is this thing where it's like, I just know that, that you can't, for what I'm doing, you can't poke holes. I don't mm-hmm. know if that makes sense. Like, yeah. so like yeah. when, when you got up on stage, when people are like, well, what do you think you're doing getting up on a stage? B, do you know how many hours yeah. of workouts I've done and nutrition yeah. and training and cooking and prep? You know what I've done? There's a different level, right? So I believe that what we do in the dark, it comes out in the light. And if you didn't do much in the dark, it doesn't shine very bright. Mm. when you've done that work in the dark. So I teach people how to do the right work in the dark so they can shine where they want to in the light and they don't have that fear of someone poking holes or they have the fear of, you know, what if somebody outs me? It's like, you can shift into that a person where like you have that weird confidence, you execute like crazy, you got a weird flow and you do things at a crazy level and people go, how do you do that? Like, right. are you superhuman? No, it's just... It's who I am yeah. because I've realized the people that I'm around that are crazy successful, the things that they do in their morning, like they're, they can get more done. I can get more done in a genuine single day than most people can get done in a week. And I, I've tested this actually. I have clients that I bring on that are, they're go-getters. And we sit down and we break things down and I, I've, I've taken an entire 12 dot bullet list and got somebody to get it done within 48 hours that they've been sitting on for two weeks. But there's little ways we do stuff and how the energy is, is adjusted, right? There's little stuff. But then what happens at the back end, that identity of who they see themselves to be, it's different because now they have that proof of work that they did in the dark. And they, they blossom to a whole new level. I'll, I'll end with this. It's kind of like the Truman Show. Like Truman was living his life, doing his yeah. thing. He felt like he was at a good tick, right? He was completely unaware of a bigger reality that he could live into. Completely, boldly unaware of it, Right. 
So what happens, we're living these lives feeling good. Howdy, neighbor. If I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, good night. You know, like right. I'm great. But then it, when he was exposed to this bigger, broader, crazy world, it expanded the, the, the realities in his head, expanded his perceptions, right? And that's what I really do for people. I get them to get to that point where they're like, oh, damn, there's a whole different reality that my identity at this current place was unaware of for the future. Yeah, I love that. And, and, and if you don't know, honey, the Truman Show was with Jim Carrey. Have I seen that? No, no you oh. haven't seen that. I only oh, no. watch what oh. you tell me but to I, watch. Hey, I'm with you. I was like, oh, I, 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 he it. walked into the wall. Yeah. Let me go to Universal Studios. Remember that blue wall? That's from, never yes. mind. That's from the Truman Show. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The backdrop there. The yeah, backdrop. Y'all got it. That's yeah, it. That's yeah, all that matters. I'm in here. <laughs> I love the dark uh, to light, though, because I think that's important to talk about. We're talking about confidence and doing new things and I think that everyone that's listening, whether, you know, on your show, on our show, like there's something that you do that you don't even, you're not even aware of how confident you are, right? right. It could just be sure. making dinner for your kids every night if you're a housewife, right? It could be you work in a retail store and you're really great with people. You don't have to think about it. You're just like on point with it. It just comes natural to you. And I'm wondering, like, if the audience, the listeners, like, can pinpoint what that one thing is that, one, you might not even give yourself credit for. Oh, and yeah. And then, two, what's the next level of taking that thing or what's the next step in being super confident and having all that? Because it's kind of like you get to a point, I don't want to say you're cocky about it, but you can do it in your sleep, you know, like yeah. with you on the football field or on a stage, you've, again, built up that confidence, right? I feel like me hanging out on Clubhouse, if I'm in a small business room and I'm talking to small business owners, like I'm only speaking from experience. I know exactly what you've been, like I'm speaking, it's a flow. Right. You feel like yeah. I'm 100% confident. No one can come at me about any of this stuff because I've lived it. I know it, right? But I'm wondering for our listeners, one, what's that thing for you? And two, what would it mean to do it in a new way? Like what's the area that maybe you've been sitting on that you want to grow in or that new thing that you want to take your business to a new level or maybe you've never shared your story personally and you want to be on a stage? Like I think your book would help people with that, you know, trying to figure out how to step into that next realm. Yeah. And we're talking about your go ahead. It's actually what we're talking about. Yeah, I'm, yeah it's interesting. It's I, I'll say this. I'm like, do I, do I let him talk? I got, it's in my head. So I did the Ninja Warrior stuff. And, and real quick, I had to learn how to do grip strength because I'm a heavy guy and I hang it. And I was like, okay, how do I train? They said, well, you got to train your pinky. I was like, why train the pinky? They said, well, you didn't realize the pinky holds, if you cut your pinky off, you lose 50 plus percent of your, of your grip strength in your hand from the pinky wow. finger, the most insignificant finger, right? Mm. So in life, I believe we all have this insignificant, incredible strength that we don't even pay attention to. And so that's why I, I think you're talking about we all have that pinky finger power somewhere. That's yeah. incredible because I'm always thankful for my thumbs, but well, I'm not ever thankful for my pinkies. That's well, game changing for me. I think if you had to make a choice, you got to keep the thumbs because I mean, <laughs> unless you go on American Ninja Warrior. Exactly. But that's interesting because um, yeah. back to the pull ups really quick. I feel like I could my upper body strength is good. I just feel like I can never hold on with yeah. my fingers. So I would not do well in any of those. That's because you don't have pinky strength. I don't. Yeah. How do you train your pinkies, though? Do you have little pinky dumbbells? No, you have like this, like the little grip strength stuff. You know, the little the handles they got. Most people just use the front fingers. They don't worry about the pinky because the pinky is just doing its thing. Right. But when you focus the pinky, like by itself, you'd be just try it. You'd be surprised. Like that thing has got a lot of strength. Right. Because you had all these muscles down the side. I don't know. It's weird, but that's amazing. But yeah, we do. We do have all these strengths that people they lose sight of because you just get normal normalized to doing them. 
So Anthony, I wanted to ask you something because I'm really fascinated with the identity conversation. And and I'm thinking about like, you were talking about like having these like multiple identities. Yeah. For you, what are some of the identities that you have to shake off and do you have to shake them off to make room for the new ones? Yeah, I think every idea, we do have different ones, right? There's a different way that I operate with my wife or my kids or my clients or the podcast. It's just not that I'm a different guy, right? But there's different right. expressions of my identity. And in those expressions, you do find the egos. Everyone has his own version of ego, right? How good I am in relationship. How, think about the guy who's phenomenal in business, got a great ego there, but then he goes home and he's a horrible husband. Mm-hmm. There's probably no ego there, right? So the idea is, when you do get some of those, I think when we want to have this sense of self, you do have to sometimes shut off the crappy identities that have bad egos because mm. those ones won't allow you to ex- pretty much give yourself permission to improve. Mm. It's the best way to explain it, right? Because if I haven't told myself it's okay to improve in this area, it's because I didn't give myself permission to show that I'm not the greatest. And that will stop the entire process of everything going on. It's like if you, you swim with ankle weights, you know, there's that one little thing that still holds you down. So like for me, I had a bad ego of like football player. I got out of the NFL, like I'm a football player. I'm great. I'm better than the rest of the public. I'm in the top whatever percent. I'm phenomenal. And then I get into the real world and I'm not, you know, like I'm way behind. I don't know business or jobs. Mm-hmm. The, the best skill I have is tackling Karen down the hallway if she starts stealing stuff, you know, like <laughs> that's the, what I can do right now. So I got to find a way to show up. And if I had kept the identity of I'm great, I'm amazing, then my, I would have never been successful in business. I had to mm-hmm. shed that thing within the first nine months where I was going to be legitimately looking at bankruptcy. And I had to, to eat my pride big time. It was, I had to swallow some, some real big like ego things and realize like, man, I don't know anything about this. There's no reason I should be coming at this with this big bravado because mm-hmm. I have no reason for it. I so yeah, that. it's a great question. You do got to get rid of the ones that hinder the other one's ability to grow. Yeah, I, I mean, that. yeah. And I have another question because in your coaching, I mean, you're helping people, like what is the hardest part about that for people? Like what gets in their way of shaking that identity that has that bad ego with it? Well, because that ego is provided part of their life. And what happens is if you have created something in your life, it's good. And you attribute it to that thing. Well, your thought is, well, if I let go of that ego and that thing, I lose all of what I got because we are the thing in our heads. There's this metaphor I use of like a tree. And like, we all have like this fruit of this tree, right? The fruit of my labor. I, you know, I had football. That was the fruit of my labor. And when that fruit fell off the tree, it, it rolled around for a bit. It lasts. It didn't rot immediately. It could last a couple of weeks, go to the house. Or, you know, but eventually it rots and it dies. And a lot of us, we feel like if I give up that ego, that I'm going to rot and die like the fruit. And it took me like six years to realize we're never, ever, ever the fruit. We are always the tree. Mm-hmm. And when yeah. you rise to the tree, you realize the tree created the fruit of the relationship, the health, the business. That tree created that. So people have the ego wrapped around the wrong thing. And if you go back and say, look, I just want to make an amazing tree. I don't care if that fruit's rotten. Like, I don't care if it wasn't great there. You can step into a space where, where you're not married to the outcome, but you're married to the efforts. You're mm-hmm. married to the, the pruning of the branches, to the watering of the tree to take care of that. And then it's an expression. You see an expression of this identity in this realm that blossoms. And if that thing falters and it fails, that's cool. That went down, you know, that, that job failed, the business failed, it's cool. I still got a great family and I still got my health and I'm, cause I'm not that fruit. I don't feel as bad, right? That's kind of where I, I look and I step in and talk to people. Like when we're working through a lot of the coaching, they don't go to the next tier because if I tell them that the ego's bad here, they think that that's all they got. It's like, no, no, no. That's stopping the rest of the tree's fruit from actually blossoming. When you're mm-hmm. focused on that one piece of fruit, you lose sight of the rest of it. So nothing else can grow. So chop the fruit. Let's get the tree healthy. 
I, yeah, I love that because I mean, one of the things I we share with our students is like that to me, that's growth. Like growth is the willingness to abandon the element of yourself that used to work for you, that mm-hmm. used to be helpful, that yeah. used to yeah. provide for you. And if you can abandon it, I mean, you got to be willing to do it. I mean, that is, it's hard. It's not, I mean, it's sure. a very, it's a process in itself. So thank you for sharing that. I think well, I love my that. My follow-up question, because I know how important family is to you and, you know, Eddie and I work together as a team and we're married. So my question is about Mrs. Trucks. Like, yeah. you know, she's been with you since the big identity, Anthony and the NFL, like all of that stuff. So okay. you said something that, that kind of made me think back to like old identity or old Anthony who had the football identity, who thought he was like big shit. And then you're about to maybe file bankruptcy because there's no more fruit falling from that NFL tree. She probably watched you go through all these different identity shifts. How has that been just from a a marriage standpoint, relationship? Uh, There's a really loaded question, and I'm sure there's a lot to unpack. There's a lot to unpack. Yeah. We we both were 16. We got together, high school sweethearts, you know, all that stuff. Went to college, and we crafted new identities on the fly, you know, without intention, we'll call it. So I'm, I'm a student athlete. She's a student. Then I got a kid. We have kids. So we were both parents and students and a student athlete. I go to the NFL. It's just a sprint. It's it's fun. It's a roller coaster ride. And then I hurt my shoulder, and I come home, and that roller coaster comes careening back downhill. And and the thing is crazy. It's like I went through that, right? And so she felt the backside of me neglecting the family, neglecting all that, and she was triggered to go through her own shift, right? Her mm-hmm. own thing. So like she didn't have the skill sets in that identity to navigate a marriage. We were like 25, 26, I think twenty five years old ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, twenty five trying to figure out like, I got a business, she has a job, we got three kids, two are newborn twins now, and a four-year-old. Like the, the craziness, like it, it was seriously, statistically, there's no, I don't even know how we're supposed to make it. Like right. we, America, what, 50% of marriages end in divorce in America. You have a 50% higher chance of divorce if your parents were divorced, both of ours were. And then multiples, it's like a 40% chance for multiples you get divorced. So we're looking at like, life's gonna fall apart. We didn't know it though. And we both, I would say we started out by going through these shifts together, right? And then we just, it was on its way out the whole time. And then we both divorced, went our own separate ways and individually went through our own shifts. Mm-hmm. So she went through her like partying, hanging out, doing the, you know, the, the, the friend thing and traveling, all that kind of stuff. Like she did her whole little bout of it. It never really was my wheelhouse in the same level. I've never been the drinker. She could always out drink me back in the day, no lie. <laughs> Uh, but like, it was the thing, like she went and did her stuff. Like it, it was just, she wasn't, let's be honest, she wasn't the best mom. She'll tell you that too. Like nothing I'm selling you right now is stuff that she has. It's in a book somewhere, I think too. Mm-hmm. Like I wrote it. She hates that it exists, but she loves it too, if that makes sense. Yeah. So like that's part of her identity, right? That was yeah. what she navigated. And then I had the same thing. And interestingly, I believe at certain times we both were the, the um, we were both the hindrances to each other making a genuine shift. Mm-hmm. And it took us getting to the point of finally realizing who we were and then forgiving each other for like, we'll call each other's position and, and the roles of how it fell apart and just becoming two different people. Like not, we didn't, we didn't do, we were, we were divorced for three years. It wasn't like we we're doing it together. We, were, we had different partners. I was living with a girl in my house. She was living with some guy over in his house, like different worlds, right? But in some weird roundabout process, we both went through our own like growth and ownership. Like I had to drop a lot of ego even more. That was probably like the biggest adjustment of who Anthony saw himself to be in the pride and that, that football guy, right? He disappeared. That guy had no place. He, for the most part, that guy has no place in who I am today, except for the mm-hmm. intangibles of how to work hard. But the bravado, the puff your chest, that I'm amazing that you have to have on a football field. He has no place in this life that I have right now. 
And for her, that that girl that's like, you know, I got to, I'm not, you know, I'm an amazing mom. You know, I, I do all this stuff. Not that's bad, but like the way that she positioned it just simply because she was like, well, I was just your wife and I took care of the, my, your son while you played football and da, da, da. I'm like, yeah, but I, I was paying for the bills in college because my scholarship, like these different things that she realized like, no, you did, you did get us through college. Like, thank you. Like there's different parts that opened right. up and in doing so created new people that then later on could come back together. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there was a lot that's in that space. There's a lot that we both had to individually work through. And we currently to this day now, we're always adjusting and shifting. What's cool is as we do this, I, I love her for her, not for the amazing seven-figure business that she runs, for the amazing thing she does as a parent. She runs track now. She's in ridiculous good shape. Like she'll barely like look at sugar, let alone eat it. You know, like she's just, she's dialed. She's got more veins than I do. Mm-hmm. And so like she's dialed there, right? But then like she also doesn't look at me as like the guy on the stage, Tony Robbins. Halfway, we don't even care about that stuff. When I go back home, no one cares what I did. Yeah, like I go yeah. hit a stage with 3,000 people come home. She's like, take the garbage out. Can you fix the stinking fence with the dog? Yeah. Just being right. And so I love her for her heart, for what she, the way she communicates, what her beliefs are, what her vice, the identity, the tree. Mm. The trees love the trees. The trees don't love the fruits in this relationship. I love that. That's great. That's powerful. That's huge. Yeah. So let's wrap it up. How do we give these books away? How can people follow you, listen to you? You've got a clubhouse show. You've got two yeah. podcasts. You've got all kinds of stuff going on. Tell everybody where they can go find you, how they can connect with you and all the good things. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be on I-5 at 730 running down the street throwing books out. So come get one in your car. And no, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> if you go to, if, so what, if you want to find me and follow me, Anthony Trucks on Instagram, simple place. That's where I go and hang out and spend my time. Even though I probably shouldn't because I'm on there too much sometimes, just sometimes. But uh, if you want the book, which breaks down, the thing is the book is part concept. The first part is all about understanding the identity shift. And it's really simplistic. Got some cool stories and good understanding. So people go, oh, I get an identity shift now. That's the first part. The second part is I didn't want to leave people hanging. I wanted to show them how to do this. So the second part of the book is very specific step-by-step frameworks that you can understand and you can work through the shift method that I do in my coaching that guides you through the steps where if you do it right, you could dog ear this book, set it next to the bed. You'll make the shift we're talking about right now. You'll wake up one day and you'll be in that different reality. Like, oh, here's a better one. Neo in the Matrix. Did you watch the Matrix? Yes. Yes. All right, we got that one, right? So it's the same thing. He's in his his reality. Wake up to a whole new, like, oh, there's a whole new world that could be, you know, different. I can move objects with my mind. Maybe not that great. But like you get to that new reality, right? So that's what the book does. And then, those who are here now, if you guys go to identityshiftbook.com, simple three steps. You go get a book on Amazon, you come back and then you hit the code and bring your receipt from there. And then you go to the third step. And on the third step, if you enter the receipt and enter the code PUSH, P-U-S-H, you'll get the audiobook, the digital books. You can look on your Kindle or whatever you want, as well as a workbook. And the workbook's like a $100 workbook that I had the team personally designed from scratch because I wanted to give people the ability to read the book, get the information, but also have the, the best segments from my coaching programs that make, I think, the most progress and actually be able to work through them in real time on your own. So when you when you do this work, and I say work, and I've said it multiple times, it's work. Yeah. That This is the dark work we talk about. If you want to get to that bright light in the future, you got to do the dark work. It's not going to tax your mind and make you freak out, but it does become a little bit of like depth of thinking, right? right. You do that work, you will wake up and like start to at least peek behind the curtain and see a little bit more of, of who you can be in that different identity that can be part of your life. Love that. Awesome. Oh, I forgot in the what? first 10 people, the first 10 that use the code PUSH, I'm a sign and I'm an autograph an actual book 
and I'm going to send it from my house to their house. Like I'll yes. autograph it. Yes. That's awesome. House. Well, thanks for your That's generosity. Awesome. Thanks for sharing all your knowledge. Thank you for shipping this book out into the world. Yeah. And we're just happy to have you and support you all the time. We love your work. Love your videos. One last final what in the world before we let you go. I saw that you had posted, um, I don't know, maybe it was a month ago. You have friends that have one-year-olds that are having like birthday parties and like you and I have kids that are grown, but these people are our age having like one-year-olds. That's bananas, right? Stupid. It's the stupidest thing. (laughs) I told We're not the only ones that think that. Sixteen. He's gonna go in college next year. I got eleven-year-olds, and I'm like, you know, when you start inviting me like five-year-old birthdays, I'm not coming, bro. Right. Like, I'm not. My kids will come and drive your kids' place. I don't know. It's weird because the way I look at it, my all my kids will be out of the house when I'm 44. Mm-hmm. My my son, he's gonna be in college. I'm gonna. He's gonna be like. What I want to say, like he's. I'll be to be 21 years old. I won't even be like 40 something yet. Mm-hmm. I want to say I'll be like 41 or two when he's 21. Like it's nuts because. I, so I could go to the bar with him and still look like his homeboy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I get to, I, I think there's a, an, an interesting difference I look at. I always ask the question, is it better to have kids young or old? And I, I think it depends on the person you are. If you're a person who has to have a nine to five and do your thing and, and you have no aspiration of creating a, a business in any way whatsoever, I think it makes sense to establish your career, climb the ranks, have kids later because you have, we'll call it more stability later, mm-hmm. right? Which I don't know if you even do that. But then I think for me, it's like, I'm a guy that's, nomadic. I like freedom. I need to have them young because I think for me, the way I look at it is like, I'm going to create something cool later, like now. So when I have like the money and the free time and everything, bro, I get to be young with them and travel. We we impromptu, we took two back-to-back trips, one to Los Angeles and one to Oregon for my son's track meet out of the blue mm-hmm. because we have the time, the money and the freedom to do it. And like, I get to be around. I can go train with my kids. Like I like yeah. being young. I call it younger with my kids. So, uh, so yeah, it's weird when I look at my, my best friend or just like one year old, my, my wife and I are like, never really visit. Is it IUD still working? Oh, right. Yeah. I'm <laughs> right there with your like, wife. I'm like, the thought of it makes me want to vomit because we're right there with you. Our youngest yeah. is 16. We have 16, 18, 20, and there's two about to be gone to college. We've got two more years and then it's, it's the like this party the, time. This is the, right? Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah, I told my kids, I said, I want it to be where when, when people say, where are your parents? You go, I don't know. Let me call them. <laughs> same, same. So we'll be vacationing together as empty nesters. But thank you so oh, much, yeah. Anthony, for spending time with us. It's always a pleasure to have you on. We wish you nothing but amazing success for this book, your podcast, your clubhouse show, everything that you've got going on, because we know you're doing amazing work in the world. So thank you so much, Anthony. Absolutely. Thank you again. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review leave your handle and until next time push through